Before we get into today's episode, I just wanted to let you know that I am looking for 50 people with Hashimoto's. If you have been diagnosed in the last 10 years and you feel lost or confused about exactly what to do, then I want to invite you to join me for a free training call on Thursday, May 16th at 8.30 p.m. Eastern, where I will show you how to support your thyroid for your thyroid type and your specific Hashimoto's triggers. You will also find out how to lower your thyroid antibodies and how to get to the bottom of all of your thyroid symptoms, the weight gain, the fatigue, the brain fog, the inflammation, the hair loss. Please go to inatoppler.com slash Zoom call to register, and I will send you all of the call details. I only have room for 50 people, so please be sure that you register at inatoppler.com slash Zoom call and get your spot right now. Every year, thousands of people are told there's no explanation for their health concerns and no way to fix them. They feel frustrated, undermined, and lost. I know because that was me before I figured out the actual causes and reclaimed my health. Now, I help others do the same. I'm Ina Toppler, and this is Health Mystery Solved. Hello, and thank you so much for joining me for another episode of Health Mystery Solved. Today, I wanted to tell you about a recent case where by looking beyond the obvious, we were able to prevent a whole new health mystery. I want you to meet Linda. Linda was having some issues with anxiety and sleep and went to see her primary to try and find some answers. Her doctor ran some routine blood work to try and figure out what was going on and saw that Linda had a very high TSH, which is thyroid-stimulating hormone, a marker that's typically tested when looking at thyroid function. The regular lab range for TSH is between 0.5 and 4.5, though as some of you who listen to the show regularly may already know, because I do talk about this a lot, the more functional range is really between about 1.8 and 3 if you're not on medication. Well, Linda's TSH was 19. So not only was it out of the optimal range, it was way, way out of even the lab range. Her doctor saw the results and with much panic told Linda that she had hypothyroidism and she needed to get on thyroid medicine immediately and prescribed a medication that's often used for hypothyroidism, Synthroid. Linda was happy to have an answer. However, when she asked her doctor the symptoms of a high TSH and what the medicine would do for her, it didn't really make any sense to her. The doctor told her that a high TSH would mean slow thyroid and she would feel tired, she would want to sleep more, she may be gaining weight, would have dry skin, and so on. But the reason Linda came to see the doctor was because she was having trouble sleeping and she was having anxiety. She was not tired, nor was she gaining weight or had any other symptoms that he described at that moment. The doctor insisted that she must get on medicine ASAP regardless though. Linda wanted to think about it some more, and that is when she came to see me. I completely understood where she was coming from, and while I would never recommend not following your doctor's orders without investigating further or advising on medications directly because I'm not an MD, I knew that based on the levels and based on her symptoms, something else was going on here, so we really needed to explore it more. Looking at Linda's results, I saw the high TSH, but not surprisingly, no other thyroid markers were tested aside from this. 
She also had results of her complete blood count and metabolic panel, and all of those were completely normal. While the high TSH was certainly concerning, because her symptoms did not match a typical hypothyroid presentation, I wanted to see more. In order to truly evaluate the thyroid, it is very important to test all the thyroid markers. So we ran another blood test with not just TSH, but also total and free T4, total and free T3, a reverse T3, and thyroid antibodies. In her case, we ran all three antibodies, the TPO, thyroglobulin, and TSI antibodies. When the results came back a few days later, we saw something very interesting. While her TSH was still high, in fact, it was a 21, so even higher than the previous result, which was taken about two weeks ago, her actual thyroid hormones were normal. Her T3 and T4 were not just in the lab range, they were also in the optimal range. Now, typically, the way it works is that when thyroid hormones drop, there is a signal that goes to the pituitary gland that says, we don't have enough thyroid hormone, please raise TSH. The pituitary gland will then raise TSH, which will stimulate the thyroid to produce more hormone. And so in a typical slow thyroid situation, when there's a high TSH, we would also see low hormones, typically T4 and sometimes also T3. And that is when medication is typically warranted as the person does not have enough thyroid hormone as displayed by the low T4 and T3 and the reaction that's created making the TSH go up. In Linda's blood work, that was not the case though. And this explains why she didn't have the typical hypothyroid or slow thyroid symptoms. So what was happening here? Well, as we looked further down the list, as I suspected, she had thyroid antibodies. Her TPO, which is thyroid peroxidase antibodies, were 529, which is quite high. Her thyroglobulin antibodies were also there, though those were only slightly elevated at 42, and her TSI antibodies were negative. TSI antibodies are representative of Graves' disease, so she didn't have that, but TPO and thyroglobulin antibodies are representative of Hashimoto's, and being that those were positive, it showed that she did in fact have Hashimoto's. So how does this all relate to a high TSH? Well, when there's Hashimoto's, there can also be thyroid inflammation, and what I've found and seen is when the thyroid is inflamed, the TSH can go up without it necessarily triggering low thyroid hormones. This is not what the textbooks say and what's specifically taught, but as you can probably guess, many of us are not textbook cases, especially when our issues are more complex. Our bodies have tons of feedback loops. And when all the loops work like they're supposed to, yes, we should, quote unquote, follow a textbook pathway. But due to so many issues from stress to autoimmunity, toxicity, the foods that we eat and the list goes on and on, it is not uncommon that the feedback loops may not work the way we think they should. This happens quite often. And so the high TSH in this case is showing inflammation of the thyroid rather than an actual slow thyroid. This not only explains why she didn't have typical slow thyroid symptoms, but also that the inflammation could have actually been triggering the anxiety and the sleep issues. Knowing this, I was so happy that I met Linda so that we could work on the inflammation. In her case, medication was not actually necessary because her thyroid hormones were normal. Now, please don't get me wrong. While I'm always trying to find natural solutions, I am not anti-medication when truly necessary, especially when it comes to thyroid medication. 
As some of you may know, I myself take a small dose of compounded thyroid medication because I have hypothyroidism. And my view is that when the thyroid is truly slow, medication is replacing something that the body can't make, but absolutely needs. And so this is very important to have. However, using it when you don't need it is a completely different story. In the case of thyroid inflammation and Hashimoto's that often causes thyroid inflammation, the effect could be there without affecting thyroid hormones, at least not in the beginning. While many people with Hashimoto's do in fact have hypothyroidism due to the fact that the thyroid is getting destroyed by our own immune system over time, other times we can catch the Hashimoto's and or the inflammation early before the thyroid gets damaged. And instead of doing a wait and see approach, we can actually go in and help to support the inflammation and address the underlying immune triggers that could be driving this autoimmune response and then save the thyroid from being destroyed. I so wish that I was tested in my teens. By the time I found out at Hashimoto's, my thyroid was already affected. But if that is the case for you as well, it's okay. There's still time to intervene because even though we can't bring back the part of the thyroid that's destroyed, if we have autoimmunity, there's still lots that we can do to stop the progression of the attack by addressing the triggers. So in cases where thyroid is already slow, medication is typically necessary and will help you. But in Linda's case, it was really an issue of inflammation more than an actual slow thyroid with deficient hormones. What is so unfortunate and also frustrating about this is that because her doctor only tested TSH and not any of the other hormones or the antibodies, there was not really a way to know what was truly happening. And I'm so glad that she saw an issue and decided to research it and get another opinion. Again, please don't mistake this for me saying we never need medicine. There is a time and place, but not in Linda's case. And Linda is not alone here. I've seen this more times than I would like. In fact, I had a gentleman contact me through a direct message on Instagram of all places about a month ago with a question about this exact thing. Well, of course, I can never give medical advice over Instagram. I had sensed that his situation was similar because he also did not have slow thyroid symptoms, and I encouraged him to ask his doctor to run a full profile, including antibodies. His doctor, thankfully, was open to running it, and just like in Linda's case, he let me know that his antibodies were, in fact, elevated once he had those run. I know that this can be confusing, but this is why it is so important to look at the whole picture and be in the know about it. While, of course, we want to rely on our doctors to tell us what to do, in some situations, things can be missed, and I want to share this case because I know that there are probably many others that have gone through something like this and could have fallen through the cracks. Now, for Linda, we worked on lowering inflammation and calming her adrenal glands. Those are the glands that deal with stress, which was one of her triggers. We did a genetic test for gluten, which was the DQ2 and DQ8 genetic test, and that showed that she was positive for both the DQ2 and the DQ8 alleles, saying that her body was not genetically predisposed to process gluten. That, coupled with the fact that there is actually a big connection between gluten and Hashimoto's due to molecular mimicry, and this is when the body sees gluten and attacks it because it doesn't like it. And while it's doing that, there are similar molecules on the thyroid gland and the body mistakenly attacks the thyroid thinking that it's gluten because it looks similar. And so we took out gluten and we used PS150, one of my favorite supplements from Designs for Health, and also liquid GABA from Quicksilver to help lower her cortisol and support her adrenal glands. Remember, the stress can be both physical as well as emotional. 
And so for Linda, by taking out the gluten, which was creating the physical stress on the body, and additionally doing mindfulness and then taking the PS150, all of these things work together to lower her cortisol, which helped to calm her down and helped her to relax, which in turn helped the anxiety. The GABA further helped to calm her and helped her to sleep. And the more and better that she slept, the more her adrenals were able to actually heal. We retested her full thyroid panel in six weeks and her TSH was completely back to normal. We were both so thrilled. Can you see how this could have become quite a health mystery if she didn't explore this further? I'm so glad that she did, and I hope that you can keep her story in mind in case you ever get similar results. And if Linda sounds like someone you know, please pass along this episode to them so they also can be aware. When it comes to your health issues, please don't give up. The answers are out there, and there is hope. I'm Ina Toppler. Thank you so much for listening. And I will see you next time on Health Mystery Solved. All information, content, and material on this podcast is for informational purposes only and is not intended to serve as a substitute for the consultation, diagnosis, and or medical treatment of a qualified physician or healthcare provider.